Hello and welcome to Tranquil Awakenings with me, Debbie Ison. On today's episode, I'm going to be speaking to Maud Bernberg and she will be talking about massage, reflexology, breaking crystals and also our journey together as she learnt about past life regression. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. So thank you ever so much for coming on to chat to me today, Maud. So what we're going to do is we're just going to find out who you are and what you're doing here. So I met you um, at the wellbeing shows and you have come to do my past life course and you are a qualified past life regressionist now. However, you have got many skills in your tool belt as a therapist. So I wanted to have a conversation about that because I know often if I've got a question, particularly about the body or the mind and body connection, you're one of those first people that springs to mind where I think I'll ask Maud, I bet she knows something about it. So over to you, what is it you do? Well, I'm a holistic therapist, which means I look at the whole person um, and not just at the symptom. I do a lot of massage and I call my massage therapeutic massage because it addresses symptoms at the same time. It is very relaxing. Mm -hmm. I also am an aromatherapist, so I use um, aromatherapy to support my massage treatments and um, I make some bar which are pain relieving. I use reflexology um, and also use Reiki in combination with crystal therapy sometimes. Amazing. So that's so many different things, isn't it, that you're qualified in? Yeah. And I know personally you are brilliant at what you do because, well, you've worked with me on my course with the past life stuff, but also I've had regular massages from you and I always feel so much better. I feel so balanced. I love the oils that you use. Um, you've got this lovely, gentle, but assertive way about you. And so I always feel like I'm in very safe, competent hands when I'm working with you. And you're just so knowledgeable. <laughs> well, I've had many years to acquire that knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, I've been doing holistic therapies for 20 years now. And in those 20 years, I've worked in the corporate environment, but I've also worked in a hospital. Um, I currently work in the uh, Lincoln MS Therapy Center with people who have a chronic illness, so which is usually a neurological condition. Mm -hmm. So along those lines, you come across a little bit of information. Um, but the information came, comes mainly with the people who come to me. Mm -hmm. And I find that with my work as well. I'm always learning from every client that I work with. And if I discover something that I don't understand, I then go and research or find out what's going on. And I know you've got a very similar passion for that. And I loved it when you were on the course because we've got a WhatsApp group on there. And whenever we learn a new topic, a new subject, you would go and research it, you would look up videos, you would read books about it, and you would just absorb all of that knowledge. So over 20 years, you must have collected such a vast amount of information. It mainly helps to keep my, client, to keep my clients safe from doing the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. um, when I started out, 
um, I really was very aware of contraindications, uh, super, super conscientious, and didn't want to do anything wrong. And I learned from my clients um, that they already know a lot about themselves. You yeah. just need to listen to what they tell you. Mm -hmm. And I find that with the work that I do, because I do a lot of mind-based work, actually when you look at people's body language, when you listen to the words they say, mm. when you watch the way they move and the way they gesture, even if they're not consciously aware, at an unconscious level they will actively show you and demonstrate what's going on and where it is in the mind or the body. Yes. And like you say, those people are often experts in their conditions. If they've had it for a long time, they will have already researched and looked for extra information as well. Yes. It's all about really listening to the person who comes to you. Um, it's a process of getting to know each other, respecting each other and never assuming. Yes, most definitely. And I think that's the thing, is it? We can't make any assumptions because everybody is so unique and so different. Mm. And us human beings are very complex. We're a mix of our biology, the chemical things that are going on in the body, our lifestyle, our upbringings, our belief systems, our experiences. Mm -hmm. So everybody's so unique. And I think when you can view each client from that perspective, whilst also drawing in all the knowledge you've obtained over the years, that's when you can really make profound and positive change. Mm-hmm. So what was it then that led you to work with people with chronic illnesses? A chap called Alan. Um, it was, at the time, I had just arrived in Lincoln and um, I was building up my, my business. And because I had part -time, a part-time job as a carer in the community, okay. which I love, mm -hmm. I met a lot of people, a lot of elderly people. Uh, I worked as a carer for the first time in my life. I needed to earn some money. And there was this guy who had Parkinson's. And um, I came to him as a carer. And I, I don't know how it came about, but he, I suggested massage to him. And he had massage and the transformation was just amazing. Mm -hmm. from someone who had who was tense and had a tremor to someone who was calm and with a smile on his face basically amazing and i think that's the thing isn't it the body holds on to traumas and stresses yes. and anxieties and issues in the cells in an energetic way and i know when i've been doing some training before we looked sort of back at world war 1 and obviously shell shock mm -hmm. and there were some hospitals that what they started doing was very intense physical body manipulation and massage and that was a way that they actually relieved that trauma mm -hmm. to get the person functioning again yes so i think it's very powerful massage when it's done well yes it is um it takes <clears throat> the person into the here and now mm -hmm. um, it takes them back into their body and they experience their body as, as something that can give them pleasure Yep. Rather than pain mm -hmm. or rigidity, discomfort. Yes. And that is so very important because it stops all the stress responses in the body mm -hmm. and gives them a breather. Um, so through treating him as someone with Parkinson's, I came to the 
attention of the local Parkinson's society and became their massage therapist mm -hmm. for the following years. Okay. So I had a contract with them and the local Parkinson's society gave people free massages. All right. Which is always welcome. Definitely. <laughs> so I was sent to to a lot of people, not only the person with Parkinson's, but also their carers, mm -hmm. their spouses. And it was a steep learning curve for me and also uh, tremendously humbled me uh, about the determination and courage and sense of humor yes. um, of those sufferers. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, uh, it was just right down my street for some reason. Yep. At the same time, I carried on treating everybody who wanted to be treated by me. Uh, mm -hmm. I worked in a few companies and did uh, chair massages there. So I gathered um, experience. That's amazing. And that's such a valuable way to help those people within their lives. I think it's also great that you got invited into the corporate world and you got to go and do chair massages in work environments because how nice is that? And some of them are still with me. So, uh, I don't know, uh, 10, 11 years ago. Amazing. So what do you do then when you go into those places? Um, usually um, chair massages. Um, however, I have now resorted to bringing all my equipment, really, because a chair massage uh, is works on the upper body basically you can do lower back but it works on the upper body and so many people have got the real pain is in other places mm -hmm. so you need a couch or you need a chair or you need the massage chair so i just bring that along and you have a lot of equipment so when you came along to give me my massages you always have like your arms laden and a couple of trips to the car because you have everything you might possibly need it's amazing at the first uh, visit, because yes. you never know. Mm -hmm. You never know what presents itself. Um, but what uh, the last 20 years has given me is a flexibility. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't know what the person is that you meet is like. You yes. just need to be prepared. And I'm a visiting therapist, which means... I sometimes I don't see the person. Okay. Um, I might do a consultation over the phone, but I I don't see them. And you really need that connection mm -hmm. of seeing a yes. person. It just tells you everything. So, yes, I have everything in my car. That's amazing. I agree with that, though. It's so important to see the person, isn't it? I know... You still can get valuable information over the phone, but I know when I'm working with a client, I ever see them in person. Also online with the videos, that's made so much difference because I think you read so much more, not just in the words that somebody's saying, but their expressions, the way they're holding their body, mm -hmm. their body language. It all tells a story and paints a picture. Yes. So then you find out what exactly is needed in order to assist that person. Yes. Yes, you, you know how long how long a massage, you know, what kind of pressure, you know, all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. I mean, I found it amazing one of the times as well, because you do reflexology as well, one of the times you were giving me a massage, you noticed on my feet 
there was an area where the thyroid was imbalanced. Mm. And straight away you're able to say, have you got anything in your family with thyroid? What's going on with this? And we had a bit of a chat and it was really enlightening. So how did you end up incorporating that side of the work in as well with the reflexology and things? Did you start with massage and then move on to that or...? Um, I did a holistic diploma, which means I did um, I did massage, facials, and reflexology all in one. Oh, amazing! So um, it was in Pant- Pontypridd, Pontypridd College, which doesn't exist anymore in Wales, um, and it prepares the student to go into a beauty clinic, basically. Okay. So that was my first qualification. And then I studied with an Australian massage trainer called uh, Darian Pritchett. And he taught me really what I, what set me up for the rest of my life. He was very, very good. So I did another year with him. And then from then on, you do courses. Um, So... Yes, um, you just acquire knowledge along the way. Mm-hmm. And sometimes these, the various disciplines that you learn, they work with each other. Yes. Although we were taught, keep them separate. Mm-hmm. Yes, sometimes that's very important. But once you know a client, you know that you can maybe combine a facial with reflexology. Yeah. Yes, or you can combine Reiki with massage. Um, you do the body work first and then the energy work, basically. Which makes so much sense. I know I'm the same with my clients. A lot of the different modalities I was trained in is yes. you stick to this modality when you're doing a session. But I find because I'm working with that person and how they're responding, sometimes you draw in different techniques or different ways of working yes. because you're treating the person holistically. Mm-hmm. So you give them whatever is needed personalised to them. And I think it's really interesting what you've just noticed there. You said, obviously, you start with like the body bit work and you move on to the energetic side. Mm-hmm. So what do you mean by that? Within a treatment, let's say within one treatment, mm-hmm. uh, you, you use touch first. So let's say the person is just very, very tense and you give them a back massage, but you agree with them afterwards to finish the treatment with Reiki, let's say. So the person can relax Mm -hmm. and just receive the Reiki. Um, It's better this way around um, because you are relaxed through the massage, you feel at ease in Mm -hmm. your body and you can then just enjoy the Reiki. How lovely. So when did you study Reiki then? When did you incorporate that into it all? Reiki I learned in Cardiff and then I learned it in Relindra Hospital, which is a cancer hospital that has, that opened its doors at the weekend to complementary therapies for volunteers. Mm -hmm. Um, So the training there was wonderful, really, and the atmosphere was wonderful, Um, just being being able to be there was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so with that experience, I went and worked. I, when I moved to uh, Lincoln, I worked in St. Barnabas Day Center. Oh, wonderful. And I did um, Reiki tour there. That's lovely. And um, I, yeah. That's so special to actually go and help people on that journey 
um, because it gives so much comfort. It really helps people to feel settled. I know when my friend Karen was in St. Barnabas, having that palliative care at the end of her life, those people coming in and giving the Reiki, giving the other treatments, it really benefited her and made such a big difference. Mm -hmm. Yes. I worked in the day centre, so people who come to the day centre, it's closed at the moment, Um, people who come to the day centre have, of course, life-limiting illnesses. Mm -hmm. Uh, We work there as volunteers. Many people um, went through those doors and it was a very welcoming uh, place. It was really, really lovely. Yes, it was nice. It's a shame that COVID... Uh, put an end to it. It is a shame and actually a lot of things unfortunately mm. that we're serving the community haven't started up again and I hope over time they will because yeah. all this stuff that we do is so valuable in helping and making a difference to people but not only the people that are suffering but their loved ones around them. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing as a therapist is you're not only making a difference to that individual's lives by helping them and improving what's going on with them and allowing them to facilitate their healing that also then has a positive impact on their loved ones and people around them. It does, yes. It makes a huge difference, um, I think. So energy work, in a way, came second and it uh, really changed me a lot. Um, doing Reiki has changed me a lot. In what ways has it changed you? <laughs> well, things started happening. Um, I come from a very matter-of-fact uh, background uh, in that way I'm, I think I'm quite Germanic mm-hmm. um, and with Reiki first I, I have to say in when I was in Pontypridd College I was surrounded by psychics and mediums <laughs> on one occasion one of them saved my life actually um, wow um Yes, so I was surrounded by psychics and mediums and I I didn't find it particularly difficult to accept that dimension. However, it didn't have anything to do with me. Mm-hmm. And um, then I did Reiki and all of a sudden it had loads to do with me because I, I was using Reiki and coincidences started to happen in my life and I thought, wow, how did this come about? And uh, of course, over the years, um, it intensified, let's mm-hmm. put it that way. And um, I am very, so I am very grateful to Reiki, I must say. I must admit, I'm the same. So it really opened so many doors for me and really gave me a different perception of the world around. And I think without that, my life would have gone on a very different trajectory. Yes. So I think Reiki is one of those sort of, with gateway therapies to open people up to that idea of energy and that by shifting energy, it can mm-hmm. heal on multiple levels. Yes. Yes, it opened. Um, it made me think about consciousness and uh, that we are all connected. And however, thinking is one thing and feeling is another. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next step really was... Um, I don't know. I don't know whether that was the next step. Um, but working with crystals intensified okay. that connection. 
And then COVID came along and I had time all, all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. No income, but time. <laughs> <laughs> so I started uh, meditating and speaking to spirit, basically, which was down to Brigitte Ricks. She is wonderful. She was giving a talk at the Mind, Body and Spirit show and she said... It was the first time I was listening to her and she said how she was talking to her parents and she started writing everything down and she said, why don't you try it? And I thought, yeah, okay, mm -hmm. I'll try it. And it worked. Wow. It worked. So that was another journey. Mm-hmm. And when I did my crystal therapy, I started asking upstairs, the universe, my guides, about the properties of crystals. And they gave me accurate answers. That's amazing. I bet that blew your mind because you are very logical and analytical, aren't you? <laughs> I thought, what? <laughs> now, someone said to me, yes, but you would have read about it all. And um, so, yes, I did. But on the other hand, the information I received was to a T. Mm -hmm. I was talking about pyrite today and how it focuses your mind and how it amplifies all the, the beautiful sides of your personality. Oh. It literally amplifies mm -hmm. it. So if you want to change something about your life, do use pyrite because it really, really focuses you. It Excellent. Really... <laughs> I'm going to get a piece of pyrite after this. <laughs> yes, you need to. It is amazing. It works. Works mm -hmm. every time. So um, we can use crystals to just obviously um, amplify, improve our connections to the world we live in. Yeah. Um, they have taught me, they have taught me a lot of things. Uh, there are different types of crystal therapists and I belong into the group that, um, what is the word? I use it, I use them as a tool. Yes. And what I found, oh, one example, one example that was just, it blew my mind. Um, I have a friend um, who had a lot of misfortune, ill health, due to having had COVID. Uh, he's a very kind and gentle person, a musician. And um, in the aftermath of his COVID, he, I gave him a Reiki and crystal treatment. He was also one of my case studies. Okay. So I used both. I first did crystals and balanced his chakras and then I did Reiki. And he was quiet. And at the end of the session, he had had a life review. Wow. And he'd never experienced that kind of thing before. Mm -hmm. He was into, into meditation and mindfulness because he felt it benefited him. But he said... I saw all of these stamp-like pictures and each picture contained a scene from my life. All throughout my life, but not just my life, but previous lives. Interesting. 
and he was talking about colors and it was it, it, tot it totally blew my mind and it was a message for me and it was a message for him in different ways because he was a very spiritual person without knowing it yep but it kind of sent him it made him more aware mm -hmm. it wasn't a fundamental change in his life but it made him more aware and um to me that's why i believe in connection between two people it's always what comes out of that connection for Absolutely. both people. Yeah, I believe there is that exchange that takes place. There's yes. always that learning and that growth for all parties involved in a situation. Yes. And I think it's just whether or not you're open to taking on board that learning and growth experience. Yes. Yes, it's like a synergy. Mm -hmm. It creates something new. Yes. Oh, I love that. It was amazing. I did past life regression with him and that was mind-blowing. Oh, amazing. And that's a nice journey, isn't it? That continuation it sort of. So as you're developing on your journey as a therapist, which is ever evolving in my experience, you then got him to be another part of that. So that's lovely. Yes. And in between you'll get um, quantum leaps. Something happens that is just profound. Mm -hmm. However, then you, you know, ordinary life, grounds you um, again you forget how profound it was you just carry on with your everyday life and then something else happens and so we learn it's like stepping stones yeah I think um, but I I think this connection is the most important thing for me really mm -hmm. I've got a bit of experience now. I, I can apply that to my treatments. Yeah. Um, but everything depends on that moment that you share with the other person, really. Absolutely. And I know I'm constantly changing and evolving and growing as an individual because of the learning that I have through my clients. And it's amazing to be part of that. It's amazing to be able to help people and for them to transform. But it, like you say, it's a deep, important connection that you're having with those individuals. Because they're allowing you into their lives, their hearts, their minds, their energies. Mm -hmm. And you're then working with them through their stuff for that transformation to take place. And I think there's always that exchange of learning that takes place. Yes. it's. Um, I think the word is transformation. It's a shift, maybe. Um, sometimes it's only temporary. Mm -hmm. It's just to help someone through reflexology to sleep better, for example. Um to help someone get rid of a headache who's got a lot of, who works a lot on, compu on at the computer. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes um, with past life regression, it always blows my <laughs> It's just the most, uh, I love it. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? Amazing. It's the most engaging thing. I love it when I have a client for past life regression because it's like, I like it to be like Doctor Who. You get to travel through time and space and learn a little bit about glimpses of history and lives. And that's really enriching. And then the therapeutic element that you can add to it to help people relieve traumas and issues that have carried through. It's just a really incredible experience. Yes. And I do have clients who have both massage and past life regression. Um, somehow it's, um, it works. 
it works. <laughs> but I find the past life regression is a little bit niche <laughs> for most <people>. Yes. <laughs> Which I totally understand. It mm -hmm. was niche for me. So I understand that po point of view. But it really... Um, I really find that we are living our past lives. So they shape us to a larger degree than we think. Yes. And if we can be at peace with that, it gives us more confidence Absolutely. in being ourselves. Yes. And I find now, personally, I've done, I committed, like I say, years ago to, right, I'm healing everything, I'm working on everything. And I one day said, right, universe, bring it on. I'm going to clear everything from not only this lifetime, but previous lifetimes. And I cleared a lot of stuff initially from this current lifetime. But then more and more, the healing journey then started to go into past lives. And now I tend to find if anything is happening within this lifetime, it's because it's something that's unresolved from a previous life. And this is now tying it in so that I can finally learn that lesson and grow and evolve. And I just find that beautiful tapestry of how it's all interwoven absolutely incredible. That's a good comparison. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Um, and I can see the transformation in those um, that have had a past life regression. Um, one lady um, went back to being a wealthy aristocrat okay. in um, the south of France. Um, the matriarch of a large house, okay. very wealthy. Mm -hmm. However, what resonated with her present life is that she is the matriarch mm -hmm. and she just found herself to be more accepting yep. of that role mm -hmm. and like what is the word being confident in yes. being that that linchpin mm -hmm. yep. in her family mm -hmm. um, she's also very accepting of the fact that she likes the finer things in life yes because she has a knowledge that being on a yacht was what she was accustomed to and having a butler was what she had was accustomed to <laughs> and wearing silky materials and fabrics and touching mahogany in her in her mansion in the French Riviera all of that she recognized mm -hmm. and and with that comes a, a sense of acceptance of who you are absolutely which is just uh, uh, it's just amazing. And I find one of the most profound things for me when I'm going through that past life journey is recognising it is a journey. Mm -hmm. there, there are lessons presented to you and your job is to learn those lessons. Now, sometimes you get those lessons and then it's like, yay, gold star, you've learned that lesson, now you're on to the next one. But if you don't learn that lesson, then it's repeated. And I think that can be both a blessing and a curse. Mm -hmm. It's a blessing that actually the universe is patient with us it guides us, it helps us and supports us and gives us those repeated opportunities till we get it. However, if those lessons are very painful or traumatic or difficult, it's not always easy to do. Um, so I think 
it's transformed me because now I recognize these things are lessons. I'm able to do these things more with grace. So even at the moment, I'm going through a current situation. But what it's allowed me to do is know that actually, if I handle this with grace and diplomacy, with being caring and compassionate and loving, Mm -hmm. then it allows me to take on board the lesson, the learnings and the growth, as opposed to it being ego fed with the anger and the frustration and the fear so much. They're still there, but it allows you to keep them at a manageable level and work through them rather than being consumed by them, if that makes Mm -hmm. any sense. It's maybe a question of why is it meant to be? Yes. Why is it meant to be? Because everything is meant to be. Mm-hmm. And I think it's an interesting scenario, isn't it? Because I do think we have free will and I think we have choice as to whether or not sometimes we follow a certain path or something that's put there. But I do think these are opportunities that are often lined up for us to give us that opportunity of are we going to sort them? Are we going to heal? Are we going to learn from them? Mm-hmm. And now rather than me running away from them and avoiding them, I embrace them. And wow, it feels so much better to do that. And it's a lot less painful in the long run. It is, yes. It's just noticing them, isn't it? I mean, a little while ago, a few months back, I made a group of friends and I was aware that I felt a little bit uneasy around them. And I don't normally feel uneasy around people now. As a teenager, as a child, I was very, very shy and very sort of, I'd hold myself back in fear of being judged, but I'm not so much like it now and so I'm going to have to sort this out because it's not come from anywhere founded is it a gut feeling of what's to come or is it connected to the past what's happened so actually when Pete was taking me through a sound bath I I put my mind to it because I've had so much therapy done to me and I've done so much on myself my mind is quite good and my guides are quite good that if I ask find the energetic origin of where the problem is it will tend to take me there and as he was doing this sound therapy on me I got nice and relaxed And the next thing, I felt this awful pain in my knees and my back. You know, like if you've been hunched up for ages and ages, huddled over, and sort of everything's gone into sort of a cramp, and you just can't stretch out. And what I found was really interesting about that is I've never liked to be tightly restrained in things or tucked up. I've always liked freedom of movement, and I find it quite stressful if I feel like I'm too tucked up. I thought, okay, this is an initial feeling. Follow the feeling. And I felt like I was in a dark circle. And so initially I thought, okay, this is a metaphor my mind's perhaps creating. It was like I couldn't stretch my legs out. And so I thought, right, I'm going to dig a hole. And so I imagined trying to dig a hole with my hands so that I would be able to make a gap to stick my legs out. And I couldn't dig a hole. And I realised that it felt like stones. And then all of a sudden the penny dropped. I was like, oh, this is a past life experience I'm now experiencing. And so I said, okay, reveal it to me. Show me what needs to be experienced. And basically, it's not the same. It's not as good quality as when you have somebody guide you through it. Mm-hmm. So I always prefer it if I can have a therapist guiding me through because they can ask those additional questions that I perhaps wouldn't have thought about to gain more experience. But I got enough. And it basically showed me in this previous life, I was some sort of priestess, something along those lines. And it was quite nature. It was a long time ago. And I was there dancing one night and it was this lovely, jovial dance. And everyone was having a nice time. And there was this female individual who was very, very jealous of me. And she conspired with another man. And I basically got accused of being a witch, being witchcraft, doing sorcery. And before I knew it, what was happened is I was dragged and I was put down a dry well. And what they did over a couple of week period is they'd throw me scraps of food, but they used to throw stones at me and then throw buckets of water over me so I would shiver. 
But because it was quite a small space, I couldn't stretch out. So I was in immense pain. And then eventually when they got bored of it, what they did one day is they started getting the pails of water and filled the well over many, many hours because it took them a long time, these villagers, until I drowned. So experiencing that wasn't especially pleasant, but it gave me a real understanding of, okay, what, that's why I'm feeling that around these people because I realised there were karmic connections involved in that experience. But because I had that knowledge, rather than it worrying me, I thought, okay, I can release this with love now. And I did some healing work on myself so it wasn't bothering me anymore. And since then, I felt more confident, even than what I realised I could be, in interacting with other people because it gave me a deep sense of actually I'm safe in this life. I'm okay. People might not be kind to me all of the time, but they're not going to throw me down a well and stone me and drown me to death. So that's an improvement. <laughs> that is, um, I think, the most remarkable thing. Love, solving things with love rather than aggression and yes. jealousy. Um, because at the end of the day, we are, we are all one, really. Um, mm -hmm. We are all connected. Yes. But um, each of us has an ego and like in your situation in that past life, the ego of those people mm -hmm. who considered you an enemy, enemy was very much your downfall. Yes. So <laughs> the ego is not necessarily our friend. Um, mm -hmm. It can be our friend and it can keep us safe and protected, but it can also give us false impressions about our environment absolutely and i think it tends to be quite reactionary that ego based thing and it brings out some of those uncomfortable feelings like that jealousy anger resentment yeah. hatred hostility and when we get taken over by those emotions we don't always behave or act in the best way and then i think those emotions now when they are triggered within me I think, okay, what unhealed aspects of myself is this mirroring to me? What is it showing me that I still need to work on and heal within mm. myself? So I'm getting much better as the years go by. Rather than projecting it out and being as reactive so much, what is it I need to heal within so that I can release this and let it go? That's really empowering. And also it means that it's far less frequent that there's those disagreements Yes. Not everybody is as evolved. No, we're all on our journey, aren't we? And actually, yeah. I was talking to one of my lovely friends last night and I said the same thing. I thought, basically, I think this is all about love. It's all about compassion. It's all about kindness. And I think some of us are more on that journey than others. But I would like to hope and think that eventually we all get there in the end. It's about learning lessons and... Uh... The outcome of a lesson might be uh, to be more loving mm -hmm. towards yourself and, and others. Um, I think we only grow when we... We don't grow when we lie on a beach uh, selling ourselves. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, we, we enjoy the warm weather and the relaxation. Um, but it's uh, life is day and night. Um, it's black and white. It's um, learning from adversity. Mm -hmm. um, so I've had last weekend, I did um, another course in IEMT, which, is, which was really, really interesting. Brilliant. And it made me aware 
that I had various sticky points in my life, which mm-hmm. I really, really did not like at the time. <laughs> However, in each situation that was a little bit like a knot in yes. my life, I kind of did everything not to go back there. So you learn from it. Mm-hmm. You change things in your life. And you grow with it. And mind you, there are different levels. So on each <laughs> level, we've got to learn something, which is all to do with overcoming a limitation. Yes. Which see with seeing the greater picture, being more accepting, more mm-hmm. loving, mainly towards ourselves. Yes. Well, I think when we're more loving towards ourselves, then automatically mm. we're more loving to everyone and everything else around us. Yes. Yes. Um, I think so. And that's the most difficult thing, particularly for women, mm-hmm. because we are brought up to be nurturing and selfless. Yes. So um, se- self-respect, self-love, doing something for ourselves doesn't come easily no um it's a lesson in itself it is and i think also with love i think there's balance with it so sometimes obviously different people attribute different meanings to love but i can love somebody but i also need to make sure i remember boundaries so it's not that i am so loving to somebody else that i sacrifice myself it's about I am doing what's best for my well-being, mm-hmm. but in that I'm also conducting myself in a loving way and extending that love to other people. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a really important aspect to learn. So I think sometimes with any energies, it's about the balance, isn't it? So I know when we do Reiki or we look at the chakras or something like that, if we were looking at the heart, for example, if there was an imbalance, if there was perhaps a blockage, it could be that you're hard-hearted and you don't emotionally connect with people. Alternatively, it could be that there's too much energy and you're too open-hearted to the detriment of yourself that you're always putting other people's needs ahead of yours and actually burning out and struggling. So it's getting it balanced in the right way. But I think the more we learn these lessons and go through that that spiral curriculum almost of you learn a lesson, you then go to another, but you might repeat the lesson again at some other point, but in a more refined or higher or complex way. Yes. To bring it together as a whole. I think that's really important. Yes. It, uh, a spiral is a good metaphor, I think. It always goes up. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously you came and trained with me. Well, you've been qualified for a long, quite a while now, haven't you, as a past life regression therapist? So what made you decide, right, it past life regression that I'm going to train in next? What made me decide that? Um... A long-standing interest um, in near-death experiences, mm-hmm. the afterlife, um, and it just made me aware that yes, there are many of the the reasons, the causes for what is holding us back is very often in this life, but. I just jumped at the opportunity when I was, uh, you know, which I was offered to learn about uh, past life regression because I'd long admired Brian Weiss. Mm-hmm. And 
read all his books and I thought, learning from Catherine, his um, main client, mm -hmm. I thought that is just, it just rang too, true for yes. me. Yes. And I love those books. I always go back to them because I think, obviously, he's talking from a therapeutic background. So he was psychiatrist, is that right? Mm -hmm. um, and he had Catherine, his client, that came in. And she was afraid of water. Everything. And everything. She was very frightened. And one day he was sort of wondering basically what to do with her, wasn't he? And he took her back into hypnosis to regress her to when it began. Yes. But he didn't specify within this lifetime. Mm -hmm. And he ended up stumbling on her previous lives. And that yes. opened him up. But during that experience, also spirit came through and gave him details about his son that had passed away and his heart oh, and other things that this woman couldn't have known about mm -hmm. and that sent him on that journey and I think when I read those books I was like wow this is fascinating but it's so relatable because it wasn't written they're not written in the way of like a complicated therapeutic textbook mm -hmm. they're written in very human terms it's a very personal story so that whether you are a therapist you can gain a lot of learning and knowledge from it or just whether you're somebody that goes and stumbles across the book in a library or has a vague interest in it there's so much is, they're enriching stories, aren't they? They're valuable stories. They connect with you on so many different... Well, they connect with me on so many levels. Yeah. And I think one of the books I really enjoyed of his was um, Only Love is Real. And yeah. it was about a story. I don't know if you've read that one. I haven't read that. And it was two separate clients of his that were coming to see him for past life regressions. Mm -hmm. And so you, throughout this story, hear of these two individuals and the different past lives they've had. But then towards a, the end of them working with him together it's a male and a female, one of them starts describing a past life that he's already heard and he realises it's the other client. So all this time, these past lives where they've been connecting with this person, it's been their sort of one of their soulmates or companions. And so he attempted to get them together, but you can't break confidentiality. So he, he basically gets them sort of back-to-back -back sessions, but something happens so they don't run into each other. But luckily fate intervenes and they... They ended up on the same aeroplane and they meet each other and realise that they've had all these past lives together. And I oh, think wow. they end up married. It's a long time ago since I've read it. So if any of you are listening and I've got some of those facts wrong, I apologise for that. <laughs> but it's such a lovely story mm. about their learning through mm. their different experiences and how they keep coming back to each other. Yes, amazing. Yeah. So I recommend that one. I recommend all of his books. They're very, very good. <laughs> he is a very humble person. Mm -hmm. He's very gentle, I think. Yes. Which is which is nice, yeah. And I remember, I can't remember what I even messaged him. I don't know if it was just, I decided to email him a few years ago just to say thank you for his books. And he sent me a little personalised email back. Did and you? I was like, yay! And I was like... This is one of my therapeutic heroes that's contacted me, which was so lovely. Um, that's to know. amazing. <laughs> it would be fabulous to meet him. It yes. would, wouldn't it? There's so many different therapists that I've known about over time that I would love to meet. I read a little book a few years ago, and it was on spirit release therapy. And when I read this book, I was like, wow, this woman's amazing. And she, I forgot her name now. But she'd worked as a doctor all of her life, waited till retirement, then retrained as a hypnotherapist and then gone into spirit release work. I was like, this woman's incredible. She's in like a 70s, 80s or whatever work. And I was like, I've got to contact her to see whether I can get a one-to-one -one training session with her. And I was so sad when I looked up online that she'd passed away at 101 years old. 
but she'd written eight books in that time and she'd worked all the way to the end of her life. Wow. And I thought, wow, that's absolutely inspiring. And I think it really shows that no matter what age you are, no matter what background you have, if you are called to this work mm. to help people in whatever capacity, then do it. It can really transform not only your life and what you learn, like you say, from the clients. Yes. But also you get to help other people. Yes. It's... Um... It's very, it's like you said, you, um, you revisit history mm -hmm. and then you um, partake in, the, you lead the session, but at the same time, um, it is an amazing insight into a previous life. Yes. Um, it's a little bit detective work. It is, isn't Good. it? And it's trying to work out what's going on, keeping it very open, remembering to ask the right open-ended questions. And then all of a sudden you think, ah, oh, I can see what's happening in this now. Yes. When the client gets that and the connections that are made, it's fascinating. It is amazing, yes. It, um, it always, it's almost like reading the, the person who has the regression gets given answers. Mm-hmm. Always, always, always. Yes. Um, which explain conundrums in their present life. Yeah. Yes, it's, um, it's just amazing. And it has a huge healing component, which I have experienced myself. You so. have. And so you've gone through such a transformational journey through that, haven't you? And you've, you've known when you've needed that next level of that journey. Yes. Yes, the military, my military, the military input in my present life is <laughs> bigger than I thought. <laughs> it's quite amazing, actually. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? It's fascinating what threads run through. You, uh, I did, um, I did that previous uh, past life regression with you. What <laughs> you are not aware is. So I was, a, I died a soldier in the trenches in mm -hmm. France in the First World War in my previous life, which explained a lot of my worries, mm -hmm. right? However, immediately after that past life regression, my psychic friend right. said to me, oh, yes, and... Uh, by the uh, and oh yes, and you drowned with this French warship in 1805. And I said <laughs> to her, "What? <laughs> I didn't drown at all. My previous person died in the First World War." Oh, all oh, right. Well, but it just came to me, and it turned out that she psychically received another of my past lives. Incredible. Which was also military. Fascinating. So As that it, theme is running through, isn't it? <laughs> in that past life, I was the second in command, the first officer on a French flagship. Wow. That was um, in the Battle of Trafalgar. Mm -hmm. And I left... I left the boat before it sank. Mm -hmm. It was retreating because the English one. Yeah. <laughs> the boat was retreating and I went into, I um, made sure all my men or my previous persona, Louis 
Dupoté, who really existed. Wow. Um, all, took all his men from the boat, put it in a longboat, put them mm-hmm. and himself into a longboat. Unfortunately, it was in the Bay of Biscay, and that longboat then capsized. Oh, so that's how I passed away in that life. Wow, that's fascinating. I love it. You've got a name as well that can yes, be researched. The name of the boat. Wow. Um, and the name of the first officer. That's incredible. Well, she is an amazing medium. Oh, she is. She's given me little bits of information before, hasn't she? You've asked her a few things for me and she just gets so much information. And she's not aware how good she is. No. But anyway, so past life regression uh, is definitely something I am passionate about. And you are so good at it. You're such a brilliant professional. I, I love watching you perform past life regressions with people because you're so good at the detail and guiding people through in a very gentle and assertive way. You're just a brilliant therapist all round and I just feel very privileged to know you and it's been really nice to chat to you tonight. Oh, thank you very much. So it's about time to finish up, but just before we do, have you got any final messages or thoughts that you would like to share with anybody that's listening? I would like to share, do, do something for yourself. Don't hesitate. And also, so if too often we overlook our inner voice that says, take care of yourself, Um, have a massage or even have a holiday. We need to listen to that inner voice. We live in a very busy world and it, and all too often we Oh, it overrides our needs, wants, desires, mm-hmm. the way we need to look after ourselves. If we are not strong, we can't be strong for those around us, but we do need to recharge our batteries by doing something for ourselves. That's very important. I think that's a brilliant message to leave on. So thank you ever so much, Maud, for coming in. Uh, would pleasure. you like to just, obviously give your full name and explain sort of what your business is called in case anyone wants to look you up. Okay. Um, so my, my name is Maud Berniberg and my business is In Touch Holistic Therapies and you will find it, you will find my website if you put that into Google, intouchholistictherapies.com. Wonderful. Thank you ever so much and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And to everybody who's listening, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy your day too. Take care and bye-bye for now. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you subscribe. If you would like to find out more about the therapies that we provide and the training we offer, please visit our website www.tranquil-awakenings.co.uk. You can also find us on social media.